Welcome to the ASHP Advantage Podcast, engaging the experts on ASHP Official, featuring conversations with top-level practitioners about the latest issues in pharmacy and healthcare. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, where we discuss what is currently top of mind in the world of pharmacy. Today's episode also is part of the ASHP Advantage podcast series, Engaging the Experts featuring conversations with top-level pharmacy practitioners and leaders. This episode is sponsored by Baxter Healthcare, and it focuses on considerations related to insourcing compounded sterile preparation. The podcast is for informational purposes and not approved for continuing education credit. My name is Angela Cassano, president of Farm Fusion Consulting, and I will be your host for this podcast. Today, we will be chatting with Dr. Don Bracero from Advent Health Orlando and Ms. Patricia Keenley from Cardinal Health about commonly asked questions around insourcing compounded sterile preparations, or CSPs. In the process, we'll explore the intricacies of insourcing that should be considered before implementing or expanding an insourcing program. Thanks for joining us, Dom and Patty. Let's get started talking about today's topic. So to set the stage, Patty, can you please define or explain what is meant by the terms insourcing and outsourcing in regards to CSPs? Well, let's start with outsourcing because that's the term that most people are familiar with. And that's contracting with another pharmacy or with a 503B outsourcing facility to provide the IVs that you use. And I want to make sure that you're aware of when you do that, You need both from a CMS and your accreditation organization perspective to make sure that you've gone through the processes that you need in those regulations and standards for outsourced clinical services. But what we want to concentrate on today is insourcing. So that could be one of two things. It might be what you do every day, making those IVs that you've made all along in your own pharmacy, or it might be returning back, moving from outsourcing that you may have used in the past back to doing it yourself. Thank you. I really appreciate you setting the stage for everyone. So Dom, when we think about insourcing CSPs, what are the primary benefits of going down that path? Oh, yes. I think firstly, we look at control or ownership of the processes, which could include the supply chain, the cost, the quality of the compounded products but also reaching a balance between what we can do safely between those priorities and the resources we have available. And lastly, risk aversion. How comfortable is your organization at handing over production to another set of compounders? Very good. So I often hear hospitals ask where they should start in terms of evaluating the feasibility of insourcing CSPs versus outsourcing. Many organizations do rely on outsourcing to provide the preparations that their patients need, and so they need to have a starting place to really understand, is this the right decision? So, Patty, this one's for you. Where do you recommend that they start? 
Well, as Dom mentioned, it's the assessing the resources that you have that are there. You really need to take a look at the whole picture. Do you have the proper facilities? Do you have people that who are competent to do that? And, you know, that may say, well, of course I'm competent. You know, I'm trained to do this. But this is a much larger perspective we need to be looking at. You also need to make sure that the training is there in place, both initial and ongoing training. And monitoring. Can you do the monitoring that you need, both in terms of personnel as well as your facility? One thing that's really people need to take a look at, ASHP has a great um, website, cspinsourcing.org, where there's a lot of documents and tools that are very helpful to people to take a look at. So you can even plug in some numbers. You can take a look at documents that other organizations have done. It's a really good resource for that. So essentially what you're looking at is, can you do the job and can you do it efficiently and safely? One piece that's there, and Dom mentioned it, you know, what's the risk tolerance in your organization? I always recommend that people include their risk manager when they're making these kind of decisions, because that person in your organization has a much broader perspective of, you know, what is the tolerance in there? And they also may be able to be some cheerleaders for you sometimes to get you some of the resources that you can do. One of the other pieces to take a look at right off the bat is from an outsourcing perspective, you may be comfortable with it, but you need to know what that organization that you may be outsourcing to is doing as well. So the FDA has a a compounding site that's on there that provides their form 483s, which is a report of an inspection that they have. And you need to take a look at that as part of that evaluation that you're doing. That's very good and very helpful advice. Dom. How important are things like standardization uh, and figuring out your current volume in deciding whether or not you changing to insourcing makes sense for your organization? Yeah, you know, it's a key consideration is the volume that that product or compounding is going to put on your staff. So we're looking at the acquisition costs, the volume, the labor. Do I have the right set of of technicians, pharmacists, and support staff to bring on additional work to the team? Are there other costs that should be considered? You know, do do we have the cost of testing? A testing, especially if we're going to extend the dating, are we going to encounter or require additional media fields? Like Patty said, environmental monitoring garbing, cleaning supplies, even waste disposal costs have to be considered before we automatically go into insourcing of a product. Very good. And does standardization of the products that you're making, for instance, you can't have five different cardioplegia solutions or other situations where you may have different concentrations on your formulary. Is that helpful to really work on the standardization before you make this decision? I think it's essential. Before we started any type of uh, insourcing endeavor, we look at optimization of SKUs, of doses. Can we standardize doses? Are we going to, for example, vancomycin, can we do some type of standardized dose where we can be predictive and anticipate the volume that's going to require and, and the amount of work that's going to put in the, uh, on the IV room. Having uh, patient-specific doses would be counterintuitive to a standardized approach. 
You know, I think that's one thing that people often don't look at too, from a standardization, from an efficiency, as well as safety. And a lot of times people have so many different concentrations of the same drug, essentially, just because that's what people have always done in the past. So taking a look at that standardization from the beginning helps in very, very many ways from an efficiency as well as a safety standpoint. Absolutely. And even that standardization and, and what you have to keep on hand also ultimately impacts the cost as well and is taken into consideration, I would guess, for a cost perspective. So, Dom, when you're looking at the cost, you've mentioned some of those already. When you're looking at particularly organizations that may be outsourcing currently and are going to consider bringing some of that el- those elements or some of those uh, preparations back in-house, what costs do you need to look at in that situation? Costs specifically to bringing something in? I'm definitely looking yeah. at acquisition costs. I'm looking at the volume that is going to be required to meet the demand. I'm looking at the labor do I have enough trained labor? Do, or am I going to have to retrain the existing staff and bring additional staff? Do I have, am I going to distribute beyond my facility? Is it going to be patient specific? Because if it's patient specific, then, then my product choice is a lot limited and also more complicated. Am I going to be able to meet the demands of a freestanding facility? There's a lot of costs that have to be incorporated. Thank you for that. And when you talk about patient-specific, what would you say the most common patient-specific insourced CSP would be? Well, it depends if it's a standalone facility versus a health system. In a health system, it's very common to do uh, total parental nutrition and make it patient-specific because those orders are are usually done on a daily basis as opposed to a a product that can change multiple times during the course of a day. And so that lends itself very nicely to being patient-specific. Thank you. So, Patty, I understand that optimization of insourcing usually incorporates batching of CSPs, so situations where we've we've switched gears here and situation where it's non-patient-specific. There are special equipment or facility design that is critical to the success of batching. Probably the biggest change right now that people need to look take a look at is what's current, the 2008 version of 797, because that's dependent on risk levels. So a batch is minimally medium risk level, and that would be sterile to sterile compounding. So the limitation there is that it can't be done in a segregated compounding area right now. But take a look at the future, and the proposed changes to 797 go away from a risk level and base it on the facility in which things are made. And there actually is an ability in that situation, and granted, this isn't an official chapter yet, it still needs to go through that process, but there will be likely an an ability in the future for even a segregated compounding area to do batches as long as, and it's a big as long as, but as long as you can use really short beyond use dates, which will be 12 or 24 hours. So for a small facility, insourcing that may actually work in the future. So it's not something that you just need to look at now. You need to look at this over time as regulations change. How can that impact on what you do in your own organization? Very good point and very timely information and points to consider. 
So, Dom, we've talked about the benefits and we've talked about some of the infrastructure that might have to change and the analysis that needs to go into making these decisions. But obviously, part of that analysis needs to be what are the challenges that an organization can expect to encounter? So can you share with us what are some of the common challenges that organizations seem to encounter uh, with insourcing CSPs? Yeah, I think foremost for me, it's capacity, production space. Do I have the right clean rooms? Do I have enough hoods? Do I have um, the right personnel? Then I look at pre-production storage. Do I have space to store this additional amount of, of components, supplies? If I extend the BUD, do I have enough space for quarantine? Do I have enough space to them for the finished product and a separation between those two? Are they refrigerated products? Do I need to buy more refrigerators? If I distribute, how would I distribute? Do I have to buy uh, more ice packs, more refrigerated totes? Do I have to have a in-source courier that's vetted and has can maintain a control of of cold chain control, cold storage control. What happens with our BUD? Depending on insourcing, would that mean that I have to have more storage of refrigerated products on the units? Or do I extend the dating so that I can put it in automated dispensing devices? So there's a lot of decisions and a lot of associated costs with those decisions that have to that play into a decision of insourcing. Absolutely. And we are right in the midst of dealing with natural disasters um, in multiple parts of our country right now and around the world, quite frankly. What challenges would an organization have in terms of acquiring products? And is there a benefit to having that control of, acquire, of acquiring the pieces needed to make CSPs in-house versus having that outsourced? when you're faced with a challenge, with an external challenge? You know, I think that's one of the reasons that people really started to look at insourcing. It was after the hurricanes um, shut down so much of the production in Puerto Rico a number of years ago on IVs that we never thought we'd have to deal with as a shortage. And you deal with that. So that plus the NECC debacle that occurred a number of years ago, I think a lot of people started realizing that they have to be prepared not only from an emergency preparedness perspective, but from an ongoing ability to take care of our patients, that they need to be doing some of these things in-house or at least have the capacity to do it um, that they may have been outsourcing in the past. And Patty, I'd, I'd like to just add that it seems like we spend a lot of time managing or coordinating the outsourcers. And oftentimes I feel we would be better, it's in our better interests, best interests, if we took that time and, and energy to train people, our own internal staff, and own that process from beginning to end, uh, because oftentimes the 503Bs will be the first ones to say, okay, I can't ship to you, and you're out of luck. And because I don't have, uh, if you don't have history with another 503B, you're waiting four or five weeks before you get product from an alternative outsourcer. And what are you doing in the interim? And so I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's driving this need to make things in-house. Thank you. Are there other 
elements that we have not already discussed that you need to consider within your organization if you make the decision to insource? Um, For instance, is there partnering? Uh, You mentioned, both of you mentioned actually additional monitoring. So is there additional discussion that needs to occur internally with infection control or others within your organization or considerations around hiring someone, perhaps a pharmacy technician, that can assist with that additional monitoring? You know, I think this is a wonderful opportunity for advanced practice technicians to be able to bring in and and really help the whole health system, no matter what the size of your organization is, to be able to, to move that forward. So that consistent monitoring that we know we need, both from a facility perspective as well as personnel, can be done by a lot of different folks, but I think it's a great opportunity for advanced level techs to do that. I agree. Let's switch gears for our our last few moments here. Patty, you had mentioned that there is a great resource, the CSPinsourcing.org website through ASHP. Perhaps we can share with the listeners some of the specific elements of that toolkit. There are a lot of things in there that are both documents, so you can read through. You can see what our colleagues have done and really helped along. But I find, in particular, some of the uh, Excel sheets that are in there where you can plug in specific information that's already designed for you, that's worked in other organizations. I think that's a great resource that people may not be aware of. I agree. I admit that building brand new Excel spreadsheets is not something that is a strong suit for me. And so anytime I can work smarter, not harder, and utilize really complex Excel spreadsheets that uh, in many cases have multiple tabs and can walk you through all of the different analyses that you may need, and particularly in terms of cost. In some situations, there are, are spreadsheets within the toolkit that can lead you through labor analysis. There is actually a comprehensive tool on the website as well that can be utilized. That tool is based on the USP 797, the 2008 version. So uh, you can create an account and plug in your information and plug in metrics from your own organization and help you make the decision to whether or not insourcing might be an option for you. Dom, are there any other pieces of the of the website that you found useful? I, I really like seeing the testimonials or the history that other colleagues, other institutions have gone through. And a lot of the not only the success, but some of the pitfalls to avoid, I think those are invaluable. And I think everyone should take a peek at at some of those uh, journeys that our colleagues have taken to help us build a robust program. Very good advice. Yes. Learn, Learn from others is always extremely helpful. Well, any other closing thoughts before we, we leave our listeners today? I just think that you know, the whole sterile preparation piece is so integral to what we do. We need to be very cognizant of what works out best, not only for our own departments, but also for the health system. And obviously being the stewards of all of the resources that everyone needs to be, both financial, personnel, whatever, is just essential to this. So it's a really great tool 
that is available to us to take a look at through here. Yeah, and piggybacking off of something Patty said earlier, I think our technicians and our pharmacists look at sterile compounding as a essential benefit to our to the patients we serve, and they also look at it as it as a specialty, and they're proud of the things they do and, and the contributions they make through the products they make. And it's really an art, it's really a skill, and it's truly a specialty. I could not agree more. That is a, a great place for us to wrap this up for today. So that's all the time that we have today. I would like to thank Dom and Patty for joining us to discuss insourcing of CSPs. As a reminder, this podcast is also part of the ASHP Advantage podcast series, Engaging the Experts. Be sure to subscribe to ASHP's podcast channel as we will be posting more on lessons learned related to CSP insourcing. I am Angela Cassano, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for joining us for the ASHP Advantage podcast, Engaging the Experts. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time for more expert perspectives on ASHP Official.